0: you live
1: from Race City, USA. It's Blind Spotting, the NASCAR podcast from a fresh, personal, and blue-collar take. Race reviews, race previews, the latest news, and more. And now, your hosts, Michael Colbert, Andrew Coates,
0: and Travis Sherrill
2: welcome back to another episode of blind spotting and we are recording episode 11 yes we are in double digits we had a great interview with sarah and bridget burgess last week and i hope that you guys enjoyed that we've got a real treat in store for you tonight dr aaron studwell of at race weather he is one of the two main nascar weathermen Along with Brian Newdorf. they work in concert with each other, and uh, we've got Doctor Studwell joining us tonight. He's fresh off of his trip to the Chili Bowl, and that's going to be fun to talk to him about that and about everything else uh, that we're going to speak with him about. We're going to get his, uh, you know, history of of what got him into the sport, and uh, he's got some other businesses that he's going to talk about. So it should be really entertaining. He's a sm- super smart guy, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So. Uh, Another big thank you to Adam Peter Shin for opening music at AP Shin Music on Twitter. You can also follow us at NASCAR Blind Spot on Twitter, our Facebook page at Blind Spotting NASCAR, and you can always email us blindspottingpodcast at gmail.com. We have got an exciting next couple of weeks coming up. Next week's guest, and this is going to be really cool for us and for everybody else as well. We've got Rodney Childers joining us. And uh, he is the crew chief for the number four Ford Mustang out of the Stuart Haas Stables, driven by Kevin Harvick. So Rodney's going to be joining us, and um, that's gonna be us, uh Super interview, and you don't want to miss that. So, uh, But once again, tonight we've got Aaron Studwell, Dr. Aaron Studwell, calling in, and uh, we're looking forward to speaking with him. Uh, But let's get into some just a real quick run-through of the news. Uh, As always, I'm joined by Andrew Coates and Travis Sherrill. Travis, you want to open us up with uh, some NASCAR news tonight?
3: Yeah, just a couple things. Uh, A couple of Daytona 500 rides were announced today. 62-year-old Derek Cope is going to run his final Daytona 500. This is interesting if for no other reason than the vast majority of the field was not even born when Derek Cope made his cup debut. So that'll be interesting. He's going to be driving for Rick Ware Racing. And Jamie McMurray is going to trade in his Fox Sports headset for a driving suit and helmet as he's going to run the Spire Motorsports number 77. Uh, Advent helped Chevrolet uh, in the Daytona 500. You know, I guess the other big news out of the truck series is that Thor Sport Racing, who has uh, raced for Ford uh, the last three seasons announced that they are leaving Ford, and rumors have it that they are going to run Toyotas, but that is yet to be determined, and their driver lineup is yet to be determined. So uh, lots of news coming down. Stay tuned over the next several weeks as we are three weeks, as we record this tonight. Three weeks from tonight uh, is the Bush Clash on the Woo-hoo! road course at Daytona. Yes, and Ready. you know,
0: if I'm leading the race at Daytona on the last lap, and Derek Cope happens to be running second, watch out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right. Who was, I, who was it that Earnhardt? That, he yes, won the Earnhardt, Daytona. That's da- right.
0: Because we remember, after that, he said he'd won the Daytona 499 about five times. <laughs> yeah, he blew a
3: tire. And and guys, I guess, uh, and we'll get into more of this with Doctor Studwell here in a little bit. Uh, but we do need to mention that rapper and entertainer extraordinaire Pitbull has brought has bought in to Trackhouse Racing, a team that is owned by Justin Marks, who coincidentally owns GoPro Motorplex uh, here in Mooresville, North Carolina, the number 99 Chevrolet. Uh, Pitbull has brought, bought into that team and is going to be a minority owner, and that's going to be interesting with driver Daniel Suarez uh, as uh, more and more minorities are getting involved in NASCAR, which, I think is a good thing, but I'm interested to see because, um, Andrew, we've seen these high profile celebrities get in the sport before and they do it kind of just to have their name attached to it, but nothing ever comes of it. So I'm interested to see how this works.
0: Yeah. I think really the only person who was kind of a big star that has not walked away and and they have had moderate successes, you know, Brad Doherty, but we've seen Marino and, and Aikman. And and a lot of these guys use it as sort of an investment and, or, or to be part of some kind of sport. And I think we all know auto racing is not a place you go to make money. Right. And so it will be interesting to see, you know, reading the article about Pitbull or a couple articles, you know, it seems like he's been a race fan, uh, some NASCAR, some other types. And and, and if that's the truth, and, and, and he's committed to putting a winner on the on the track, then I think it's great. Uh, but either way, like you say, these budgets continue to go up, and we still need people in the sport who are willing to spend money.
3: Yeah, and before you tweet at us and blow up our phones, Joe Gibbs is obviously the most successful well, yeah. one of these uh, individuals that we're talking about. So that's going to wrap up the news, and... Um that's that's pretty much it and we're just excited to have dr Studwell on with us
2: absolutely it is, it's exciting for NASCAR to be going worldwide uh with oh, the, oh, oh, yeah. oh. I like yeah. what you did there thank you thank you for, I was just waiting with with baited, anticipation. Breath. Yes. baited, baited breath. breath yeah so it's exciting I mean it's good for the sport I feel like we're on an upswing and uh it's just it's just fun to be a part of that the more the merrier you know higher tides raise, raise all, all boat. boats as long as all of those boats can afford to stay afloat and what is uh, definitely a a growing and exciting sport and we love it and we know that you do too that's why you're listening to us so without further ado we're going to give uh, we're going to get on the horn with Dr. Aaron Studwell and I hope that you guys really enjoy this uh, I know it's going to be a good interview so thanks so much again for joining us and up next Dr. Aaron Studwell of at Race Weather all right we are welcoming uh, Dr. Aaron Studwell calling in from Texas tonight. He's joining us on our broadcast here on Blind Spotting, and uh, we are so excited to have Dr. Studwell with us. He is in a, uh, a variety of pursuits. Uh, he has a variety of degrees, and he, along with uh, Brian Newdorf, they do the NASCAR weather forecasts and reports that we all tune in for if we're headed to the track and even if we're just watching from home uh, these guys get it done and they deliver the news accurately and on time and uh, it would not be possible to do you know a lot of things that nascar does on race day without them so welcome dr studwell to our little show right here in mooresville north carolina so good to have you
1: oh it's great to be here thanks for the invite and i know we've been talking about this for well, since at least 2020
2: <laughs> yes we go way back way yeah. way yes. back. oh For my gosh They're decade back, a decade ago pand-
1: yes just yes. all the way through that pandemic oh so it's,
2: it it's was we've been waiting, waiting on this, this a long time it's good. yes well it's a good thing we've got uh we all got uh an inoculated immunized so that we could do this that's right you know. And then we uh, we've oh. all got our masks on, and we're we're good little boys. Yes, so, we are um,
1: practicing social distancing across the country. Uh, very, Perfect.
2: very, yeah, much more than six feet, six states away. Yes, <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you uh, have uh, you know, been involved with NASCAR for a long time? Before we get into that, though, I know that you are hot off of your trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, from last week. You attended the uh, the Chili Bowl, the Dirt Series, the big uh, the big to do out there. And everybody's competing for the golden driller so uh, how was that did you have was that your first time going and uh, just kind of tell us about your experience out there
1: that was my first time going and i am absolutely hooked on that series on dirt racing now i've been to smaller dirt tracks and just to see the midgets out there you and um oh my gosh and then to see 24 on track it is just. I had pit access, so all where the haulers and the drivers were. Uh, saw some people I had talked to before and never met. It was, it was just an absolutely phenomenal opportunity to be there. I was there Tuesday afternoon till Friday midday. Now next year, I'm doing it different. I have to be there Saturday. I the two. I watched it on TV. Uh, saw the coverage, and that was yeah i think i might have bitten my arm i chewed my arm (laughs) off waiting for that for the a main it was a long wait for sure it was a long wait
2: um but well worth it i mean that was that was exciting i'm absolutely freaking hooked on this stuff
1: now so yeah definitely be back it was nice being there and it's just it's just something unique it was yeah unfortunately with the pandemic there was reduced attendance but there's kind of more room to move around. The trade show is probably about one fifth the size it normally is because I was going to go out and do some marketing on the Exo Consulting side. That was, wasn't was quite as successful as I had hoped, but my gosh. Uh, and Tulsa is a nice little city town. It's much nicer than I thought it would be. Some good dining options, some surprisingly good oyster stew for the middle of oh, the
2: country. Okay. Mm. I wouldn't have
4: thought yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have either, and I saw it on the menu, and I'm like, okay, I gotta give it a go. And if I don't like it, I don't like it. That's fine. Oh, I was like, can I have a second bowl? Can I, can I just get a second? <laughs> on this? Thanks. No, it was definitely. And then, you know, like I said, saw friends, met people, and I if. If you're a dirt even if you're not a dirt racing fan and you're just like me, you're gonna put something on
2: four wheels and watch it
1: go around fast, I would sign up and go and highly recommend that experience to anyone.
2: Now, how far away is that from now I, I think I misspoke and said that you were calling us from Texas, but you, actually you're in Norman, Oklahoma, aren't you?
1: That is correct. I okay. wasn't gonna it wasn't yes. gonna correct you. So it was all good. It just occurred
2: to me, fun. I was thinking Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he's not that's not a far drive for him uh to get to uh to be on tulsa time i just had to slip that in and uh well the oyster stew that surprised me so did you you watched it on saturday night and i don't know and i just we were just able to watch what was on mav tv we didn't subscribe to the other um the other feed there but i had never seen anything quite like that um and i imagine it was just riveting in in person there were some cup guys out there you had kyle larson and christopher bell uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., uh, Chase Elliott was down there, but I think he made it through. What the F main? main.
0: He started at the back, I think, and missed the transfer spot by one or two. Yeah, like uh,
2: he interviewed. um And that was just you know Kyle Kyle Larson is. It's just amazing. What what was amazing to me watching that race, and of course they've got to make those turns, and they're sliding through those turns. And it's one thing, and and then they get caught up in, in the lap traffic. And so they're making those turns, but they have to make those turns in a way that they're sliding in between the two cars that are in front of them in line. I just, just phenomenal. I don't even have words. I was watching them like, how in the world? There's sorcery involved here because <laughs> I don't know how you do that because you're so dependent on the other two guys doing what you think they're going to do. And Larson talked a little bit about that uh, just – I mean, fascinating just just to watch those guys go around. And I can only imagine that it was just as uh, breathtaking in person.
1: Yeah, it was about a two-hour drive up and really worth it. And you talk about the driving and the lap traffic. I could just sit and watch a race and watch their f- coming out of a turn, watch them absolutely counter-steer mm-hmm. as they're sliding and just watch how the front wheels are angled. And it's just, it's breathtaking, like breathtaking, like you said. And I I put this on Twitter and I talked to uh, Garrett Smithley and Ryan Ellis about it after one of the races. Like, I don't care how, I don't know when, I want to get behind the wheel of one of those things.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) I just want to try it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and and what's interesting about watching that, I <clears throat> I've not been to a midget race. I've been to some quarter midgets and stuff, but um, you know, those things have what nine hundred horse in them. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're, so they they and they talk about car control with the guys that you know grew up on dirt, but it's really it's choosing where not to be in control almost, right? So it's not like you can just if if you chose wrong, you just oh I'm going to go to the right a little bit. I mean, you once you commit to how you, the line you're going into and coming off the corner. That's it. And if a in a lap car or a guy you're racing makes a different move, you're committed because you there is no traction out there, right? It's it's just controlled crashing. And it's it, amazing. It's,
1: but I think it's like a lot of motorsports where if you're going to be successful, Kyle Larson and Lewis
0: Hamilton, Max
1: Verstappen where you're driving it on the edge and beyond the edge. You know, at what point you were losing control of that car? And I read a great article about like, well, why Albin couldn't keep up with Verstappen. He didn't have the confidence in himself or the machine to do that. But it's also because he's looking over his shoulder probably the whole time. You talk about the accidents, and you talk about yeah. You know, I guess the biggest consequence is if you look at somebody like Christopher Bell, and this, and I'm stunned he walked away from it. And is not imputing what he was trying to do at all because I know I couldn't do it, but he put it a little bit too far to the right, and yep. he took what seven tumbles.
4: Mm-hmm. Six. Yeah.
1: It, it was incredible to watch the consequences of that racing, and well, and luckily he walked away from it. But yeah, it, it just gives you a new respect for what somebody like Kyle, Kyle Larson and then Christopher Bell too who can go from surface to surface what uh larson did mid-year last year um and going to these other dirt tracks and other tracks and just really saying oh i've never driven this kind of car before okay let's go and
2: win yeah and he and he has done so and you get after seeing him do that especially on the short tracks well even on the speedways he runs up near the top up near the wall and you understand after seeing him race on that dirt he is not afraid of it he embraces it and and yeah, you, know, you understand why he does it. He he feels comfortable up there. That's why he lives up there on the on the edge, as you said. Uh, I
1: think I think that's a wonderful analogy. And you know, I think I'm definitely gonna you say that and I think I'm definitely gonna watch Daytona through that lens now. Yeah. And watch him race through that lens and just like anywhere he goes, you're right. He's gonna run up right by the buffer or right up mm-hmm. by the dirt or right up on the wall. And that's yeah, you know, that's where his home is. And he's Absolutely. just gonna best example and we'll, we'll see it three weeks in is going to be homestead
4: yeah and, you know
0: and, and junior talked about it i think it was last year on the broadcast for nbc where he said you know if you if you have the courage to run up high you know richard petty used to say it's better to run high because there's less ter- time to get to the wall i think most people are afraid to run up there because it is so close to the wall but he said you know if you can pull it off you get that buffer of air off the wall that sort exactly. of helps turn the car a lot of times the track's um, if it's come in, there's more grip up there because so many guys are afraid to go up there and try it. And, you know, I think that's what makes those guys that come off of dirt, you know, they can drive a, a race car that's looser than anybody else. And I think that when you watch those guys fall off like a Stewart or a, or, a, or a Johnson or those guys at the end of their career, it's, you know, they didn't forget how to drive a race car. It's they're just not long, no longer comfortable as loose as it needs to be to drive it the way they used to. And, and, you know, that happens to all of them, right? You know, they all get to the point where they just can't do it anymore because they're afraid They know
1: their reflex. Well, also they know, well, and their reflexes aren't as good. Yeah. Their their (laughs) reflexes have slowed and that's part of getting older. And that's part of, you know, I think once you hit your thirties, yeah, your reactions are going to start slowing down. Even if it's microseconds or milliseconds, you're, you know, you're loose one millisecond too long
0: and you're in the fence and you have a lot more to lose right i mean when you're 25 you're invincible
3: true so i have to say this christopher bell went flipping at the end of the chili bowl that's kind of crazy right but i'm sorry the craziest person at the chili bowl is the flagman (laughs) (laughs) like standing by that cone the flagman's on the racetrack like four feet from the cars he's not in a stand you know he he's not really protected he, he, that's crazy
1: is he even here's the thing and i I actually had somebody ask me about this last week and i didn't have an answer the flagman's not even wearing a helmet this time that's <laughs> yeah. correct yes yeah. and wearing correct. white pants what is it where their officials all <laughs> wearing white pants i are you trying to show in case they fall down I, I tell you, if it was me, or they get scared, you like, you got a racing stripe, or what? I, I was going to
0: say, I would wear brown pants if I had to stand yeah. that close, because then you yes. wouldn't be able to tell. I think they just want <laughs> when to... You, when you crap your pants. That's right. right. I, yeah. I think they just
3: want to prove that they were at the Chili Bowl, because I guarantee you, by the end of the night, those pants weren't white. Yeah, that's right. They were yeah. full oh, of done. dirt.
1: 100%. Yeah. And because they're like first times anybody flips on their side and, uh, with Rico when he was, I guess, kind of on his, I was more on his nose and the gas was pouring out.
3: Right. So you went to the Chili Bowl as a fan, but you also went there for another purpose. And that was to promote uh, something that you're you're pretty passionate about called Exo Consulting. Can you tell us what that is and how does it correspond with what we're doing here tonight in NASCAR?
1: Well, I can. T- I want to actually want to take a step back. I want to tell you how sure. it started. Yeah, how'd it start? How did it start? I just finished my PhD in atmospheric science last April, so we're coming up on a year. Going into that was finishing my dissertation. I applied for eight more than eighty jobs. Wow. Had wow. fourteen interviews and no offers. Sometimes, and you look at my resume, and I know you've looked at my bio, and you say, "Okay, this guy's got." 20 years experience forecasting, he's been in NASCAR, he's been in you know aerospace engineering degree, you should be able to find a job somewhere. Nope. So I made my own opportunity, started the VEXO consulting and it was really kind of supposed to be this science consulting group. And we we're gonna do forensic meteorology and research and it just never, you know, as somebody said, it's like you, you can combine your passion in your science and really be where you want to be and it, through various circumstances our, our two biggest things we have going right now is business development and sponsorship acquisition on the NASCAR side and then also business development and what's called forensic meteorology on the weather side and then race weather is a brand underneath all of it and we'll talk race weather in a bit but right now I've started really kind of made a bigger impact on NASCAR from a sponsorship standpoint by sponsoring uh, corey Joy and the uh, number 32 go fast forward for three races last year an associate sponsorship and you know, ryan ellis had followed me and we'd followed him and we kind of nothing really hardly interacted much but i was looking to sponsor a car, um just kind of get the name out that her exo consulting was push the brand and will kind of make a bigger impact and ryan was excited to talk to me as i was to him and we got a we got a deal and worked it out and so we kind of made our entry into nascar that way uh started working with landon castle probably around the august time frame and we've been working for uh sponsorship development and acquisition for him uh for 2021 and uh, really beyond Uh and both the the externity series
0: what's that like to sort of your career is on a certain path you go down you know, it, it is no small feat to get a dissertation done with the doctorate. That is a, that is a, literally a lifetime's worth of work. And, uh, you know, now you're switching paths. Uh, you know, are you just pounding the pavement? You talked about getting the the consulting name out there. Like, what does, uh, what's your day to day look like? You know, how, how are you, how are you getting not only yourself, but your clients what they need?
1: Well, it's funny you, you talk about that short path. I was talking to Bob Levine around Thanksgiving last year and, we were kind of just talking. It's like, yeah, I made a comment. It's been a short path from Ph.D. in atmospheric science to sponsorship development. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it, it, that crossed my mind, too. But he said, with NASCAR, I just learned not to question some things. So it's really at this point of the game, it's getting the name out that this is what we're doing and who we're representing. And I've actually had younger drivers come to me and we're kind of working through some deals on this right now. Where we're saying. Uh, a late model driver in the Southeast and a formula four driver in the Ohio Valley area where we're saying, Hey, we're, we want to work with you. They've come to us and said, Hey, we want to, we need sponsorship development
4: Mm -hmm.
1: and he's a late model driver and he's looking to get into Arco. And then I'm building business relationships on the NASCAR side. We may have an announcement in like four to six weeks about another partnership that we've got, we have going with a former driver and I uh, just, it's a good path forward for both our companies. He would be doing driver development uh, and I would be doing sponsorship acquisition because driver development is what he knows, Right. sponsorships, what I knows, I knows. Jeez. <laughs> this is why I haven't gotten any sponsors yet. Uh, <laughs> um, and we just had this way to work together. And this is one thing I've always been is about building relationships. And, you know, it's hard to, get away from the fact that if I haven't been, this is our 19th season of doing race weather. Wow. If I hadn't done mm. race weather for this many years and build up a good, solid reputation in mm-hmm. motorsports, it's probably not, this probably isn't happening. You know, a day to day is from the motorsports standpoint is going through a list of contacts and working with my marketing person and she's helping with lead development. It's you know, pretty much emailing, calling, It's going to a lot of former Michigan teammates of mine who Mm -hmm. are in marketing now um, or very high up in companies and saying, hey, let's talk. And let's see if this is right for you. And if it's not, do you know somebody who it might be for? Or, hey, I've never thought about it. And there are things about the sponsorship game business that I had never even really thought about. Uh, from the business-to-business business standpoint, because a lot of what we see and a lot of what we think is saying bus- uh, business-to-consumer. And you think, yeah, Kyle Bush with the candy, or right. even people who like a Valvoline car, where people are going to go out and buy Valvoline. But how many people are going to how many people are going to go out and buy Exalta coatings?
4: Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's an opportunity. It's brand recognition, but it's also an opportunity when we can all go back to the track. To bring your VIPs out, to bring your good employees out, and Mm -hmm. to reward them and thank them for what they do.
3: So how healthy is the sponsorship landscape? I mean, are are we doing okay? Or is the pandemic, is it kind of like the recession of 2008? Where are we right now from from where you're at?
1: I think if you're going for smaller deals, I mean, because you're looking at... and maybe you guys have the number, because I've heard close to 60. How many entries are there right now for the 500? There's yeah, it's
3: between, more than 40. Yeah, there's between 45 and 50. And with the ones that were announced today, probably closer to 50. Um, right,
1: because today was McMurray, Ty Dillon, um, Derek Cope.
3: And Cope. And, Derek Cope, that's right. And um, Josh Balicky and Rick Ware's number 52 car.
1: Right, and that's going to be a whole season for Josh. Yes. Well, well theoretically, as yeah. much as sponsorship it goes back to the,
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and this goes back to the call we had talk we had off air about uh, the validity of contracts yeah. right
3: but i think that te- sorry not to interrupt i think that team has to run a full season because they have a charter
1: you know from from that perspective the fact we are getting a lot of cars on track uh, i think that on a smaller basis people are seeing the value especially with the 500
4: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
1: yeah but when you start going in and you're saying hey i need Now, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars, but nobody's doing full seasons anymore.
3: So you you, can
1: work out, scale down deals or two year deals. And I I think it's just I've had a lot of people come back and say, hey, that's really interesting, but I can't do it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're starting to you're starting to get that interest.
0: But you put the Rolodex together, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. uh
1: it, LinkedIn having an exportable feature is actually much nicer is is really nice.
2: <laughs> it feels um, you know, to me, just having been a fan, you know, all my life and kind of feeling the ups and downs of the popularity popularity of the sport. It feels to me, and I could be way off base, that even even with the pandemic, that NASCAR is on a bit of an upswing. And I don't know if that's just you know, with Michael Jordan getting involved in it, uh, I don't know if that's you know. You've had uh, the the music star Pitbull recently. It just, I don't know. I just seeing some of the color schemes come out this year that just seems to to be a bit of a a bit more excitement to this to this year than there has been in past years. And with the number of the entries, I don't know. It's I know it's cyclic. It's like waves. There's ups. There's there's peaks and valleys. It just feels like an upswing right now to me. I-
1: I would agree with you. And I think the fact that they're one of the first sports or we were one of the first sports to come back after the shutdown, I I think it showed in viewership numbers where you had a lot of other major sports um, really underperformed. Mm-hmm. Um in viewership where NASCAR had very little drop off.
2: Yeah, and, and just the general sports fan, you know, just people that I know that are sports fans, they're not race fans. They're like, Well, I watched the race because it was the it was what was on. And right. so, you know, NASCAR got it back out there and then I'm sure they picked up a lot of fans just from, you know, people not having been race fans before, but that was on and that was what was they were watching and and then, you know, this is kind of cool. This is I, I actually enjoy watching this and So it was a good opportunity for NASCAR, and I think they they nailed it.
0: I I also think every sport had to tackle some of the social justice issues that came about. I think NASCAR was in a very, very difficult position. And then there's the thing at Talladega, and, you know, the show of support that the garage area had. Right. Not just for Bubba, but for—and, of course, then they're like, well, it was there the last year. It was all a conspiracy. You know, just nobody noticed it. But because they reacted and said, you know, this is one of ours, and we're going to—you know, that was— NASCAR did not do that, in my opinion, for the press. They did that because they felt it was the right thing to do. And I think that bought them a lot of equity with a lot of people that weren't normal fans.
2: Well, it lost some, lost them some, but I think it, the, it gained more than they lost. So they had two options with that, do nothing or do what they did. You know, yeah. and, and doing yeah. nothing would have been NASCAR maybe 15, 20 years ago. But it was nice to see them, you know, we, we need to do something we need to embrace this and not and yeah i don't feel like it was a it was done for the cameras i don't feel i don't feel like that i don't feel no, that either, it was so.
1: because he's one of their own and somebody who's and he's like a lot of other drivers out there he came up through the ranks he wrote yeah, sure. he drove short cars in southern alabama i mean can't get yeah, i say stereotypical right. but it's right. pretty
0: mm-hmm.
1: pretty much roots of the sport right and yeah.
0: the, and and we talked about on a, one of our earlier episodes about the pressure on that young man, I mean, that every eye in the sports world is using you as the spokesperson for the whole sport is and, and that's just the way that the media does now. But you know, I thought he handled himself with class and grace and as well as he could. Right. And and, and Michael, you said we that the sport lost some fans and, and maybe some folks will think this controversial, but, you know, good. You know, I have no problem with you guys walking away, because if that's what made you a race fan was because of whatever, then then I don't I don't need it.
2: <laughs> no, I, well I don't I, think I, it's
1: what you know. I'm not definitely not defending, but it's not what made them a race fan. But it definitely personified, it showed who they are. That's true. In in somebody I don't want to, yeah. Do you want that person at the track? Do you want you know? If I'm going to get more uh, more fans, because hey, we're doing the right thing, and and you know, go with the thought process of silence with agreement that's right nascar nascar couldn't and they didn't have a choice but to you know we're not gonna they're gonna rally around Bubba because it was the right thing to do and they're gonna rally around him because we're showing that we have and that's you know it's like a lot of major sports now we don't have a tall you know i i'm kind of some of it's over the top but i don't see a problem at all when you know premier league saying end racism flat out simple mm-hmm, enough yeah. We're not
0: saying, and they have it on every billboard politi- at the track in F1, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's on it's emblazoned across Lewis Hamilton's fire suit, right? I mean, it's that's yeah, fine.
1: We're not we're not telling you to give up conservative values, liberal values, whatever. You can maintain your politics, but we can't tolerate racism. in it's simple enough statement.
2: That's right. Period. Absolutely. Well, let's uh hop on a horse of a different color, if, if you, you know, will, and I'll um, still, we'll all
1: step off so, off yeah. our so <laughs>
2: And so let's talk about the weather, if 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 you're okay with that, uh, yeah, weatherman. Of and so <laughs> where, going back to, we did a little bit of, little bit of research here. Uh, Travis did a, a, a the lion's share of this because, as I said, he was very excited to have you on. Uh, and it and it sounds like third grade was kind of where it started for you, or your interest in weather was that. Was that a, a particular experience you had, or just you had a, well, a teacher in school that year? What was it? Well, y'all, y'all really did your research. <laughs> we well, did. I'm
4: impressed. Yep.
1: Um, I actually grew up sailing on the Chesapeake Bay, and mm-hmm. my dad got the boat. I was probably second grade going into third, and we, you know, he was a truck driver for since he was sixteen years old. And oh wow! Two, you know, two tours in Europe in the army, and drove a truck and. He transported like America Cup masts to
0: no kidding. sailboats
1: mm. and cool. delivered yeah, delivered bread in Brooklyn and to watch all these communities and just, you know, go across the northeast and then he was across most of the US for A period of time. So he came home, and the last he wanted, he and he loved the water. He grew up on the water in Connecticut, so the last thing he wanted to do was sit behind the wheel and go bumpity bumpity bump -bump because that's Mm -hmm. what he does all week. So he loved sailing, just the quiet, the solitude of it. So I grew up with him doing that, and you get a new respect for the weather. Uh, You're sitting in the middle of the bay and you're watching these storms roll in. And I became more and more interested in it. We had a tropical storm go through and a tornado went like a mile within my house and all kinds and damaged um, houses up the street from me. So we saw that and it just became more and more. uh, I didn't pursue it as an immediate career because in high school, and I think this was an era, you know, mid 80s that I didn't know there's anything with the weather service or with weather beyond TV and the weather service. And right. So I decided to go for engineering and was in engineering for six, seven years and wound up, I was at the GM Proving Grounds um, working for what at that point when I started was Delco Marine New Departure Hyatt and eventually became Delco Chassis and then Delphi.
0: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, testing and designing anti-lock brakes and base brake systems.
0: That's kind of a cool job. That's cool. Yeah,
1: and my first real experience with NASCAR was having uh, Sterling Marlins Sonoco '96 up on the racks in our garage, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting in I'm sitting in my office, and they fire it up. <laughs> what in the world? Yeah.
0: It sounds like the world's ending. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I go wandering out into the um garage and they've got it up on a rack and they still fired it up. So it's up the base of the car is at eye level and this thing's just rumbling. Like, I wanna drive, <laughs> like, drive it. you're not driving. I wanna drive it. You're not driving. Okay.
2: So this was up in Michigan. You went there for college, uh, from from Virginia. And so that was just was that just something you were doing as part of the program you were in at that time? Or are you? was that a, a were, job that you took at the, at the time when you were up there? Graduated
1: from Michigan in December of 87, went back to the D.C. area, worked there and then went back to Michigan after that uh, for okay. personal reasons. And, I, you know, I love Ann Arbor. I love the region. Just wanted to work for General Motors, and they are working on, like, different designs for base brakes for the mm-hmm. car.
2: Interesting how all that ties together like, years yeah. later. I mean, the, with the car, and that's, that's, that's interesting. All those little events that occur in our lives that lead to what we end up becoming or end up getting involved in it so, yeah just kind of take us from there and kind of maybe help us connect the dots a little bit from that to your getting involved in nascar and at some point you were called in to do some work at at indianapolis and just it just kind of walk us through some of that
1: yeah so i was at general motors and kind of moving away from being in the the test track and the lab and in the car and moving towards management. So I sat back and I thought, what could I do where I could maybe be a manager but still still do the science mm-hmm. and something I was interested in. So I went and got a master's in meteorology from Texas A&M. Uh, wound up forecast uh, working working in some environmental engineering. Then wound up forecasting in the energy trade sector. And around 2003, I was playing NASCAR 2003, and you know that was you know the, the heart of racing now i was in the chat rooms and we were talking about hurricane isabel which was heading towards dover on a race weekend and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna people are asking and asking i was like i'll just start a website so i went and bought the domain and published it in word and put it out there and then Jay ski started supporting it and supported the website and get the traffic and then social media really kind of caught on uh, i had the opportunity to go to indianapolis in 2017 and just honestly i just went up because i was going to be close by and i got media credentials i go in and you have assigned seats and i go back and i'm kind of and i didn't realize it till later it's like okay i'm in the dead middle halfway back mm-hmm. so i'm in the exact middle of the press room or the yeah it's the working area media center like oh i figured out why they did this I'm central to everybody.
4: Uh, huh,
1: huh. I walk in Saturday morning. Pancras is one row up and to the left. <laughs> it, and I've known, I've known Bob. And Bob Bob's a good guy. Bob and I are friends. So I walk in. And he's like, hey, he's like, oh, I didn't, you're going to be here. Yeah, I'm just getting get set up. Because I wasn't there on Friday, but I got there on Saturday. He's like, oh, the radar. He's like, oh, there's some storms about 30 miles out to the west. I'm like, yeah, Bob,
2: I
4: got it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 well, that was the, that was fortuitous. I mean, that worked out uh well for you uh, and for for was, them for them as well yeah no and the
1: media and you know claire b lang was just absolutely thrilled to have me there and there are people who
0: i in sorry I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you i was gonna say is that I, when she was starting on xm at the beginning like is that the beginning of her xm career
1: no i think it's a couple years in but oh, okay, you know, she's just she knew who i was and i yeah you know, i talked to steve o'donnell and i talked to the track officials and here's what we're looking at right you know texting people who are my friends but maybe three rows back and i don't want to yell but i there's a point where i would do an update and i would get up and walk around the press room and say hey do you have any questions here's what's going on here's what we're seeing so now i'm coordinating with the media and they Absolutely love having me in there. And that's probably been the most beneficial part of it mm-hmm. is really having that the strong relationship I have with the media side and with the team side as well. And being somebody who's not going to hype and get scared or run or, oh, my God, the sky is falling. It's just, hey, look, here's what we're looking at it's moving right. through a drier environment it's not every single rain shower that we're going to see is going to make it here mm-hmm. and that we follow it we track it we understand why it works and Brian and I have we started out is almost like competition that we're trying to beat each other and then we <laughs> talked we talked one of one off so he's like well look, look, we can't we can't maintain that we've got to work together and then he started with the idea of the patreon and we've been you know as much as we can do it together he had to stop with his new employment like i had to stop in part of 2019 because of my employment at the time
3: i want to back up a little bit if we can most people when they go to their first race they go to their first race but from what i understand that wasn't the case for you you actually volunteered in the pits at your first race?
1: Yeah, first race I ever attended, <laughs> ever, ever attended. I knew um Adam Richer, who was a crew chief with Johnny Davis Motorsports, and I'll give you, a, give you a time estimate on that one. That's when Curtis was driving. Okay. So uh, maybe 05?
3: Yeah, he's driving the zero car, I yes. believe.
1: Yep. So I'm at Vegas and you know this is when access was a lot easier Mm -hmm. and i'm just you know putting the trim on helping with the tires setting the scales up just kind of learning the job of it because i had gone through and interviewed four positions both with ford and with uh, ppc racing Mm -hmm. and back in the kenny wallace days Mm -hmm. and that didn't work out for personal reasons but i still love the sport and love being around it and this would give me some insight into what it'd be like so yeah my first time at a race i was down there jeans and a t-shirt pushing the car down the grid for uh, and then bush series qualifying
3: that's crazy wow so you've got an aerospace engineering degree. Do you have any aspirations of trying to get another jo- a, a, or get a job inside the NASCAR industry, maybe working as an engineer for for a team or, or has, has that ship sailed as they say?
1: I think that ship has sailed. I'm yeah I'm in my mid 50s. There are so many younger engineers that are driven hungry and know the tech. But also right now, I love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's a struggle. Every day is a struggle. Every day I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to close deals. You know, I'm not a classically trained sales marketing guy. Mm-hmm. That being said, I've got a marketing person, uh, Stevie Thompson, who has been absolutely wonderful and guiding The marketing side and the lead generation side. Sales, I can get on the phone and talk with just about anybody. We've done it for a while over the past—my gosh, forty minutes.
2: Right? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say I can. I mean, I can tell. We can tell, obviously. (laughs) Yes.
1: So I can get on and. I have a passion for racing and I have a passion for the web, you know, like it says on the website, science is our love, racing is our passion. And I have an opportunity to combine those together, to work with great people, to have great clients and to really kind of break into new ground because, you know, there are people who are individually doing a sponsorship development kind of, and they're associated with drivers, but to have a company doing it and to understand the sport from both a science technology and a personnel and person standpoint. I think it's something unique and I wouldn't trade this for anything
2: right now. Well Aaron, you seem like a very positive person. I, I, I can't imagine a whole lot get you down, man. I mean you're just you you've definitely seemed like a half a glass, half full kind of guy. It just it just come it just comes through. It's it's hard not to like you. I, I'll Thank say you. that. I mean <laughs> yeah. I, 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 honestly <laughs> I mean if you I don't know what it costs to, to sponsor a car or, or uh, but you know, we could pull some money here together. You I, my kids don't need to go to college. S- <laughs> slap, <laughs> slap our <laughs> slap our name some how how far would fifty bucks yeah. <laughs> that, that'll be the sticker on the yeah. back of the steering we'll, we'll, wheel. <laughs> we can sponsor the yellow stripe on all the rookie cars. <laughs> I
1: like that idea. I do like that idea. <laughs> We're, again, we'll, we'll segue to this. though. We, I am now working with uh, Landon Castle and Parker Klingerman uh, with the uh, e-racing platform Eraser.gg and doing race and driver sponsorship opportunities there too so you know what maybe we do pull all our money and we um we think we put we make it the um blind spotting podcast 400
3: there we go there we absolutely go. so aaron i have to i have this is not a question i just have to tell you this story because yeah it, you'll find it fascinating i hope when i was when i was little about about third grade probably i wanted to be a meteorologist and a, 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 if you our, our podcast is called Blind Spotting for one reason and one reason only. And that's because I am visually impaired. And I quickly realized it wasn't, it was probably a little bit after third grade or whenever this epiphany happened for me uh, that meteorology was not an option for me because it's very visual. <laughs> um, but I still love the weather to this day, and I, I'm, I'm fascinated with it. So I, I thought you might enjoy that, and it's interesting. There, I wanted to be the first blind meteorologist.
1: You know, and I think we're getting to a time, and I am going to go back. You take one step back from this. When I was hiring people specifically to be meteorologists, it's stories like that is one of the first questions we'd ask would be, why why did you get interested in the weather? Because everybody who's in this field – has a passion you have to have a passion mm-hmm. for the weather for one reason or another there was one epiphany moment there was one snowstorm you may have seen thunder snow for the first time or heard it and right i don't think you know into a young you know i'm not sure where you are in your career but to a younger scientist who is interested in it yeah you you maybe you may not be able to visually identify clouds but there's so much science there's so much math there's so much physics. And I really think for meteorologists, they better understand big data and they better understand how to program. Mm -hmm. And those are things that you don't need to, you can be visually impaired and still do.
3: Right.
0: That's one of the things I wanted to ask you, Aaron, is I'm a scientist by training as well. And, um, talk about big data. My current role that I have, I, we crunch big data and try and find trends and things like that. And, and, I am by no means a statistician, but I, I for the most part, understand statistical models and non Bell distributions and all those, you know, all those kind of things. But in terms of you know the fans and, and sort of the, the race weather side of things, how, how frustrating can it be when people don't understand what statistical distributions and cones of probability and, and all that kind of stuff are, right? I mean, there's a lot of big math that goes behind it and, and weather's been better than it's ever been. But does it ever frustrate you when, when people are so critical and they have no idea the amount of work and thought and time that's gone into it? It, it used to
1: more. Mm-hmm. It used to really get under my skin because they don't want to learn. If if somebody comes up and criticizes me, it, but then they also will listen to, you know, I'm not just randomly throwing numbers out there and saying, oh, yeah, there's a chance of rain. There's not. Right. It, or I'm just trying to uh, CYA forecast. But there are limitations. And as you know, there's limitations to the modeling. So of course, I've sure. gotten better about letting that slide off. I think one time it was. I think it's 20 either 2017 or 2018 Atlanta and I'm just had it. I think I left my credit card at a restaurant and had to drive around town Ugh. and was trying to do all this stuff and update the weather and, and people are like look you don't know what you're talking about I'm like dude I I think I actually wrote this and I'm like I don't come to McDonald's and knock the fries out of your hands when you're at work. (laughs) That's
0: right. I like that. That's
1: good. I like that. And I think I just let it, I think I I said, I'm taking an hour. I think I told Brian, I'm taking an hour off. Right. You got it.
0: So, so speaking of that, like I've always thought when, when you guys post the, the GIF, that's the radar image or how do you access the raw data? Do you, you mentioned programming. Do you guys have access to say a, government server or, or, or something through your work that you you access the raw data and then crunch the numbers yourselves like how, how does how do you come up with going from what the satellites and, and other you know ground-based radar are saying to turning that into a forecast
1: for me if i'll look on more in the short term and i'll i'll throw this out there i, I use i use a pay version of radar
0: scope got it okay um
1: okay. so that's a lot of the stuff you see with with the animated uh images that mm-hmm. is radar scope they are my former employer as well so Got it. i have a lot of respect for those scientists who are doing that uh i will look at short term like like the morning of or in the day of i will look at the, the high-res models it's called the her i'm a big fan of the s ref which is the short range ensemble forecasting right and i look at mesoanalysis which looks at the pattern right around the track but for dry air for uplift uh, where's the front at that hour it's updated every either one hour or three hours depending what you're looking at right so i will always have that updating i'll and i think i've taken pictures on twitter where i have the race on i have the radar on my ipad I have the mesoanalysis on my laptop. <laughs> and like and I'm usually updating social media through my phone and monitoring social media.
0: And, and and I think one of the things people don't understand, right, is that the reason there are so many different models is like anything in the edge of science, it's a model. It's it's not proven. It's a good approximation, but in certain circumstances, different models work different ways. And and if you take and look at the way four different things predict a hurricane. You're probably gonna figure out which one is, you know, is gonna give you an amalgamation that's a forecast. The last thing about being nerdy about weather is, uh, uh-huh. ever looked into anything into Daryl's uh, D.W.'s uh, vortex theory? <laughs> well- <laughs> yes, yes, I have.
1: And there's actually a pen. That's actually been an idea for an article. The vortex theory itself doesn't work because of the way the track goes. Uh, it actually should, because we go in a uh, counterclockwise fashion, that's the same same direction as the low goes. So it, it should be drawing moisture in. I And I'm I not see. going to go much more than this. But there is, there's nothing to it. I, I honestly, I, I will stand here and say them sitting here. But so I it would only work say that.
2: should they go the other direction they, get, they either have right, to go the yeah, other direction? Could like, yeah, we have right. to do the other, exactly. We or have, go to the like, Southern Hemisphere.
1: Yeah.
0: Or, yeah, we can do we can do that. We can just we can just go. <laughs> we down just and move race. it to Brazil. How, <laughs>
1: how often how often do you hear about V eight supercars being rained out?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Probably That's about true. as much as you hear about Australian drought, actually. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> Aaron, one of the things that I've wanted to ask is well this I guess this is a three part question. How beneficial would it be for either teams or for NASCAR to hire a meteorologist that would be part one part two would be how much would it cost and then i guess part three would be would you be interested
1: um i want to start with part three yes i'd be interested because i've already (laughs) called (laughs) i've already tried to talk to nascar and sent nascar emails okay that being said uh yes i've tried uh i i know it's beneficial to teams Mm -hmm. or in one case manufacturer because i know a company does have a direct contract with a manufacturer so they're getting support and it's mostly how close is the rain is there a lightning um and the, the is there lightning is not necessarily a safety thing it's like i'll go to the justin haley example where if you have the right equipment in place you can tell that there's an x percent likelihood you're going to get lightning in the eight mile radius Right. In or the next 15 minutes, mm-hmm. so you can set your pit strategies to that. I think it would be very beneficial for NASCAR from a safety perspective. Usually, some tracks have local meteorologists who will be on track or be on call.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Okay. I
1: didn't know and that. And so, I, I think they want to go the right direction, but I'm th- not sure. And I, I, I'm going to say it once, and this is pure speculation, liability. I don't know.
4: Mm.
1: Um. I also know I've had a track mad at me, very mad at me to the point where they're saying they would never credential me if I wanted credentials to their track.
0: That's ridiculous. Wow. Because, because you were is that because you were forecasting something that was bad business and, and I mean they or... And
2: they lost they lost season ticket holders. Yes, exactly. Wow. So, good. No, I was going to well, I was just going to parlay that into own race day. Uh how do you and Brian coordinate? How does that how does that work, you know, kind of can you take us behind the scenes of on the sunday of the daytona 500 are you guys well, conferencing together how does that work
1: we will almost if he's available we will almost always call first mm-hmm. thing in the morning we'll it depends on his work schedule and yeah. cuz he works rotating shifts but yeah we'll we'll call we'll text what do you see what do you think we'll actually talk going up into the race if hey what do you see as the timing what do you see as the mechanisms and we'll sit and talk for 20 30 minutes about mm-hmm. the forecasts and collaborate and say what do you think and we'll come down to and he's the big odds of racing guy that's his
0: right that's right right yeah
1: that's his thing i will input i will say here's what i think and then it's also what does that number mean and you know, we don't always have a chance. We don't always have enough characters to define it.
3: Right. What's mm-hmm.
1: the odds of an official race? Well, an official race now is are we back to it being halfway?
3: It's halfway mm. or the end of stage two, whichever comes first. Sooner. That's right. Okay.
1: Yeah. So when is it going to be an official race? You know, go back to Justin Haley. We've got an official race there. You know, then we're forecasting the weather and how NASCAR is going to react. How long is NASCAR going to wait?
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah.
1: You know, it depends on the race. We waited four days. At Texas. At Texas, I did. I did count how I many days that was? Yeah. Is that, that,
0: so, the, lo- is that I, the worst you've ever seen in your 19, 20 years? I mean, I don't ever remember yeah. racing on a, obviously no, it, on a Wednesday, but I mean, I, it, it never let up. I mean, it just. No. And she was talking to somebody around
1: Christmas time. like, I think I was still tired from that week. <laughs> it was perpetually on the go. It was always, we were always updated. There was always, because they were trying to track dry and they were trying to race anytime they could. So anytime between, during quote, business hours, we were up and going. And it was updating every hour and then people asking questions between teams media mm-hmm. people fans and I want to go back and you, we I'll, I'll use the uh internet term of trolls. Yeah. I had a reporter and I I don't want to miscredit it. I had a Fox reporter DM me and said do not let them get to you. You do it. No, because I think I had overreacted. Yeah. I think I said something and she's and she wrote after the race look well you guys do a great job thank you don't let them get to you because you you sit and you realize that you it's it's 98 percent of the people are genuinely appreciative of the effort mm-hmm. and for sure. the work
2: yes mm-hmm.
1: and it's the two percent who are looking for attention or are genuinely bitter or frustrated i don't think i'm not uh, yeah ideally, you want to watch the race
0: too <laughs> exactly
1: ideally sunny and 75 every single weekend that doesn't do a lot for my web traffic or my web that's ads. what i was going to
0: say you have to work for your web traffic right i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> the days that it's at california or vegas you probably don't have a whole lot to do but uh you know no,
1: i've had a daytona 500 where i crashed my uh wet, my hosting server <laughs> i go to i go to update it and i can't get in and i go to the web page and just drop the wordpress i could race with it.net it's just like it just
2: churned and went to a blank screen i'm like oh this isn't good <laughs> you montoya
0: it like a jet dryer <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: How many, how many drivers does it take to blow up a jet
0: driver? <laughs> yeah. One. Yeah. I was um, actually watching that race from a hotel room in Europe. And so I was up at like three in the morning trying to watch the race. And then he hits that thing and it kind of like the chili bowl. I'm sitting there for 90 minutes trying to pin my eyes open like Odysseus and finally ended up going to bed about six <laughs> in the morning with that silly thing. Yeah. I did
1: um, a, I did a call from Budapest. I was over there doing a sabbatical research sabbatical and I called in to lab traffic to give the forecast and it's like 11, and I'm Uh down in the lobby of the hotel (laughs) because I don't have any reception in my room. I had to do a web call i'm sitting in the lobby wow. at midnight <laughs> around 11 30 or midnight local I'm like yeah i don't see how this would work if i was in europe full time
0: did you get to go to the baths while you were in budapest that was my favorite part i did that I was did. amazing wasn't it All yes, right. i know this sure. is not a, a european travel podcast so we'll
1: no real real quick Hungaroring. ring if you get to go to hungaro ring i would go I oh just, yeah love one race over there and i honestly think we're the only americans in the whole place <laughs> We're walking up the hill and there's like a food vendor truck, American hot dogs. I'm like, what the?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't. They were probably just sausages.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
2: this is the part of our program where Travis and I go to the bathroom while Andrew talks about his <laughs> yeah. world travels with with, yeah. the, with hey, other hey, world hey, travelers. We, Travis time. and I have never been anywhere. <laughs> it is getting close to your dinner time. So, what is the what's the most difficult track or region for you to 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 make a weather forecast? What where is it most challenging? I would assume somewhere on the coast, but I could be wrong.
1: I'm going to say the two, I'm going to say they're pretty much tied. Pocono. Yeah, it rains every year there. It rains every year. You've got mountains and it's really far away from a radar. Oh yeah. So, okay. okay,
0: That's interesting. Yeah.
1: And you, so you, kind of have to guess, and you look at satellite, um, and another one's Bristol. As you're down Daytona, in the hole. You're down in the hole, you're down in the mountains. Roanoke's fairly close, but it still tends to overshoot a bit, plus you've mm. got geographic effects. We saw this a couple years, like this past year, it's like the rain would go right up to the edge of the mountains and stop, which is exactly what we forecast. It's like, hey, we're going to have rain in the area, but I don't think it's going to rain to the trunk. It may rain like eight, nine miles away, but we know it's not going to get past that mountain
0: and, range. And that's that microenvironment weather that's just fascinating you know i you know been in the if you've ever been to the bay area right and you're in san francisco and it's 58 and foggy and you drive 60 miles south to san jose and it's 110 you know it's amazing how that happens even in like like you say a bristol
1: and yeah i've got a great example of that and i was out working on the geo prism uh, i was staying staying down at fremont down, oh, by sure. the, down by the Numi plant which was a, a gm tlio joint venture so i'm there for the launch of the new prism our equipment's on it so i'm the comp rep so but i'm going to say you know so it's 90 degrees the to- at the hotel and we're down by the plant and i'm like a sunday i want to, oh, to go up to berkeley so i'm telling the <laughs> um front desk clerk say hey, i want to go up to berkeley how what's the easiest way to get there she's like y- you better grab a jacket a jacket it's <laughs> 90 95 degrees <laughs> <out." Yeah. laughs> it's 90 degrees out it's going 95 she's like oh no It'd be like sixty up there. Okay, I'll go get a jacket. Went and got the jacket. Yeah, I'm glad I got the jacket.
0: It's a, it's a, it's such an interesting place. I, I imagine you'd never get bored as a Bay Area weatherman.
1: No, no, and you definitely learn what you need to learn. And um, you asked about coastal forecasting. I think the easier thing with, say, Homestead, Daytona is you do have good radar coverage mm-hmm. near the coast. It is a very, it hates a predictable pattern, but it's a very known pattern where, especially during the summer, I'm going to get lake effect. I'm going to get that right. trough in the middle of the middle of the state, and they're gonna kind of work their way through by sunset, it's done. I went to the race at uh, the X, no, Bush series race, years and years ago at Daytona on a Friday it was supposed to be on a Friday night and it got rained out We're sitting down off of one south end of Daytona Beach and so you look right and there's the bridge going across in right. the open inlet. And we're sitting there watching. It's like we watch a water
0: spout spin up. No kidding.
1: Over the water went behind our car, hit like a Chinese restaurant, and then there was a Hardee's right across <laughs> the street. <laughs> There's a joke and in there somewhere.
4: Kept, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: And it's it, so it goes across behind us, and we're watching it. And somebody had a picture, and I think it's like computer, people it became like a land spout, no and kidding. it was pretty. It was pretty, uh, pretty big. So yeah, we're sitting here watching. It's like so we're going to the track, and it's just raining. And I'm, I'm like texting or messaging and trying to get on the, the board. It's like, oh yeah, follow race weather because I'm up I'm at
2: the race <laughs> updating it on my phone. And I'm flying in a water spout in my yeah, yeah. in my in my in my car boat, my hydro do, boat. Does the change
0: in schedule change I mean, obviously different months. I, I mean that's obvious, but you know, Homestead for twenty years was in November and we went a couple times and the weather's always good in November in Florida. But does changing it to March or like when they move the schedule around, do you have to go do additional research based on time of time of year because you're used to forecasting it? a different time and then when they change the schedule you've got to or, I, or is I, that just embedded in the data that you're going to see
1: I don't do it in advance there is some stuff I've done in advance to say yeah let's look at the new schedule what's it going to be like and I actually think that winds up being a good article because I have that already written down somewhere um, but yeah they moved Atlanta to July right mid July
3: right there's one in March too
1: okay so the one that is in mid July is the hottest weekend of the year
3: yep that's going to be brutal
1: and, yep and July is the rainiest month of the year, and they move. I mean, they move races around, and I think Darlington is one where May is actually a pretty dry month. But they've moved some around to like the wettest month of the year, uh, Wisconsin for Road America. It yeah. is another rainy month up there. And it's like, did anybody even consider
3: this? Was well. well it,
0: That's why they need you. And having lived in Wisconsin, um, the only reason it's one of the wetter months is because the other eight months of the year, it snows. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so there's only so many months that it can actually rain.
4: (laughs) I say we
1: run Road America in late February. Snow tires. Yeah, you all, want, you all want want
4: rain tires. <laughs> we're putting <laughs> chains I on. I'd
2: watch.
0: And, and we've said this before. I I think every Xfinity race on a on a, a road course, they should just spray water on it because that thing at the <laughs> Roval was hilarious to watch. That was so much fun. It it was like watching a, a demolition derby. It was great.
1: It was yeah. Uh, I it, it got for uh, for me no. I imagine I can't imagine what team owners were feeling like with that with that debacle. Mm.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: They should have just torn all the fenders off of it and just run them looking like light models.
1: Wait a minute. The fenders weren't already torn off? Well, that's true. (laughs) After
0: lap two, they about were.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know.
2: I (laughs) wonder if that's what we're going to see at Bristol this year. I'm just – it's such a big unknown, you know, what that's going to be like. it'll. I I will
1: watch. I wish it wasn't a points race, honestly.
0: Yeah, it should have been like the All-Star or something, potentially. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We had Matt McCall on a couple weeks ago. We asked him about it, and he said, you know – what are they going to do? Have they told you anything about design or, you know, even are you going to put a windshield in the car? And he goes, we don't know anything, you know, he's like, but when they tell us we'll build it, you know, so I guess they're all just, yeah,
2: they know, they know now. Cause I talked. um, who was it the other day? I called and was talking about coming on with us, Tony Gibson, Tony Gibson at Stuart Haas. And I, I talked to him last week and they were going to start building the Bristol cars this week. So I guess they've got en- enough to start building those out and we're going to have him on in a few weeks. So we'll, I look forward to, Talking to yeah. a little bit more about that, so and I think yeah, the gonna... win
0: and your end thing. If it was get in on just points like it was in the early part of the chase, or if it was a season long thing, I definitely would be a little more upset that it was a regular season race. But given the fact that you kind of get mulligans now, especially if you've got a win. Or think you're going to get a win. It's probably not such a... But it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be... And we're supposed yeah. to, we're We're going to be going and we'll probably look like... We're actually going to all wear white pants and no helmets is what we we're are. going to do. <laughs> yeah. That's right.
2: And take <laughs> yeah, look going to,
1: And you're going to be... You're going to be right down on that... uh fit, The wall between Uh-oh. pit road...
2: We That's and, right. With a flag. Track. We need <laughs> yes. to get some of those goggles that jockeys <laughs> wear. Yeah. And so we can just there. keep taking off the goggles and throwing them, you know, as we're riding around <laughs> oh. the track. Um. I've I, got I one more. Chili
1: Bowl, I will give Chili Bowl credit, I want to go to your dirt thing in a minute. Everybody was wearing masks. Everybody was really wearing masks. No kidding. I go home. No, I go home on Thursday. Back right to the hotel on Thursday. I take my mask off in my face. <laughs> <laughs>
4: just I can
2: see the visual. dirt
1: and cake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: look like, like a raccoon, I was but up at not the ass yeah, I was up at. <laughs> <laughs> I was up on turn three, uh, going into turn three, and the it's just coming up like i didn't even think about it so i go home and take the mask or the hotel and take the mask off and there's like dirt caked up on my <laughs> nose i'm like well it makes sense okay let me just wash you
0: know what's probably mouth. funny is now people will just start wearing masks at the chili bowl because they realize they got a, they didn't breathe dirt for five hours a day that's oh, true
2: i still had dirt in my nose i don't <laughs> know how so if they're and this is the, uh one question i wanted to ask you and i and i, I kind of already may know the answer just based on our you know, our communications leading up to this, is there a weather event in particular that you, that you haven't experienced that you, that you would like to? And you've probably experienced most of them, but is there something that you've never been a part of or seen in person that you'd like to see?
1: I'm going to have my own meteorologist friends go, what? I have never seen a tornado. I've lived in Oklahoma a year and a half, still has never seen a tornado. Wow,
2: yeah. I, I, w- I would have, I'd have thought you'd seen tons of them, but, I, you know. no. I
1: was working during uh, Hurricane Harvey. Our building, the building I was working in, got hit by a weakening vortex. It may have been a tornado, like a couple miles away, but it still held enough structure together as weakening. Mm-hmm. It did pull some windows out of their seals. So I'm sitting at my desk and it's me and one other person on shift and we had a person in the Norman office and we we're working. I was like, I'm like, Where, where's that water coming from? I hear water, like running water. And it was coming <laughs> in my boss's <laughs> window. The window had been pulled away from the seals and the rain was coming into the building through there. And I'm like, oh my God. So the like facilities isn't in. So we're putting we're putting trash cans by his window to catch the water.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. Hmm. Well, maybe not so hilarious, but it's definitely a great story. Nobody got hurt. Yes. nobody
1: got hurt so it's all fun and games till somebody gets cut with glass
0: that's right but so uh, yeah we we really appreciate appreciate your time Aaron, and I, I know we've been at this a bit and 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 we'll obviously have to have you back on if, if you'd be willing because we've we've really enjoyed this conversation oh, we but
1: can, honestly we could I, honestly i think if we get together we're talking for hours
4: yes this has yeah. been great no doubt oh um, yeah we travis to
0: anything else you wanted to ask i mean I, I just i hate you know it is getting later in the evening and make sure that you know, we do all have day jobs and so does Aaron. And
3: I, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't ask, is there anything, any way, I mean, we're, we're, we're small right now and we know that we're small. Uh, but is there anything that we can do to help you, you know, either with race weather, with Exo Consulting, you know, kind of maybe, maybe build some type of partnership uh, where we're helping each other. Is there anything we can
1: Right offhand, I think, you know, the social media, retweeting, supporting, engaging, and sharing, because I know exactly what I'm posting after I'm off the uh, air. here. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's really kind of working together, and I think. I think that's the beauty of this sport and it's the beauty of the nascar community we really want to engage and help and see others succeed Mm -hmm.
3: that is that is Mm -hmm. one thing i was Mm -hmm. gonna ask you social media can be a negative thing but it can also be positive whether it's race weather or whether it's exo consulting how has it impacted what you do either on a positive or negative i mean i'm sure that it's I know for us, we're getting we're getting the word out there. This is our eleventh episode, but getting people like you, like uh, Brian Newdorf, you know, getting people with larger followings with connections to follow us is only going to help us. So how how has social media impacted you?
1: I don't think race weather would be where it was without Twitter, really specifically without Twitter. Yeah, um, because it provides it's the medium where it's instant. It's mm-hmm. that instant gratification is the instant display of information where I can set up, show me what's going on with NASCAR, and I can go look at that. Mm-hmm. Or I want to say, what's all the t- what are all the teams saying? I have lists for NASCAR teams, so mm-hmm. I can go through and look and see what I want to follow and what I want to, what where the news is happening. And I think that's, that's been the positive, is just, in a sense of community, and making friends, honestly, I've made friends that otherwise I may not have met. I, you know Brian and I talk we text several times a week we talk a couple in off season we talk a couple times a month I've never I've never met him we've never met mm, that's crazy,
0: that's this, that's crazy. Not yeah, happened, would,
2: yeah. yeah well we got to get you guys together yeah here no, in North we, Carolina we keep saying the, the same thing yeah we keep saying the same
3: thing the blind to, I tell you what we have we love to do do, we love to do that
0: we, we need to just whenever this thing is over we just need to make to get the two of you to come with us to Martinsville
3: Yes. Uh,
1: yeah, that's easy for him because he's in southern Indiana now, So
0: oh, he's
2: not Idaho anymore. Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
1: too. Yeah, he's in southern Indiana now. So that'd be really easy to get to Martinsville.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll we'll do the crispy crunchy chicken. Oh, yep. there's the name of it. Have you ever? Oh, yep. d- have you heard of that? Have you heard? No. Of Chris- okay. Yeah, no. crispy. They're crunchy out of Louisiana,
0: chicken. and we th- we bought it at a gas station. <laughs> it's to literally mm-hmm. just Wait, just south in, of the track. We're in Louisiana. I'm not sure, but it's franchised now, and okay. I think it's up near Shreveport originally. I don't think okay. it's from down near you know New Orleans, but oh,
2: look yeah. it up. We I just
1: went. To, I used to hit that I-10 corridor all the time, going to Baton Rouge, New Orleans.
2: What's well, in Florida? I- and and that, yeah, I would think Ooh. you'd hit it a couple. I would think it'd yeah. be all over I-10. Well, I'll check. For Oco- but they
0: Oco. only do them in. They only do them in like gas stations. Which that's you're kind of like, uh. but I tell you what, we, Michael just like, why don't we just get some chicken? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's out of a gas station. It was, a, it's still, that's the only, that's the main reason my son goes to races now is because he's like, we're going to get chicken, right? You know, he does enjoy watching because dad, the racing, I like the smell of everything and it's, but it's too loud. And I'd rather be in my pajamas watching it on television. But we're gonna get crispy, crunchy, right?
4: (laughs) Yeah, and you think they sponsor us as much as they don't?
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a crispy, crunchy in Oklahoma City, and they have DoorDash.
2: so You're you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. You, Yeah, absolutely. Michael Jordan, thank you. Doordash, yeah. you got We got a we, we got a bunch of sponsors squeezing right there. They don't sponsor. Yeah. Us at That's all. right. We just we just oh, love thing, their products. I'm about, put, I'm, I'm about to
1: put crispy crunchy on my uh, potential sponsor list. Here. There you, go. There
2: you oh, go. Absolutely. Well, I I don't think they're in at all, but they're all over NASCAR country, at least in the southeast, and well, uh, we definitely
3: love them. The one absolutely. thing out the one thing I will say is the one in Darlington's closed on Sundays.
2: <laughs> it is. I mean, okay, so what? that yeah, this, yes, so it's <laughs> insane. It's we we're driving story. down there. <laughs> And we're on. Is it? Is it? Five, five, it's not five hundred one. It's whatever the I road is, know, the highway we, that goes down in yeah, there. I we see the sign. Yeah, and through through Pageland, and that's which is where they have the Watermelon Festival. That's a story for another time. I have been to that. It's a lot of fun. So we we veer off, and we're going off in the beaten path, kind of like. So we're in this town. If you've ever seen Doc Hollywood and I know what you know what I'm talking about that little town he volu- Yeah, Michael J. Fox Michael J. Movie, right? Fox yeah. so it's yeah. a little town like that where they probably have their own watermelon festival their own hog festival their own hog queen etc and we pull into this uh, filling station we walk in and they have a little grill and the late, and it's a crispy crunchy franchise we walk in she she has a hairnet on Aaron a <laughs> hairnet on She's running the register, and it smells like chicken in there. <laughs> and so we said, "Well, we can we get some chicken? Uh, we don't cook on Sundays." This is race day, and there we're fifteen 15, 20 minutes from Darlington. We don't cook. We don't cook chicken on Sundays. <laughs> why, the he- why the heck? Why the heck? You have <laughs> <a hair laughs> an airnet on? Easy, yeah. e- Easy. It food. smells Go like chicken. That's right. Yeah, I have to click yeah, the So anyway, that it, was fun. Well, we founded it. Well, we went to the Maryland fried chicken which there was i hadn't seen that in years and we yeah, found I mean, a maryland yeah. fried chicken and they had sh- and they had popcorn shrimp which i love so we it worked out it worked out in the end but anyway we've gone off on a well,
1: well
4: Chris, food, we can, yeah, i mean chicken's you, you, worth you, going you off did,
1: on you've you found you found my other passion
0: food yeah
4: there that, you know, yes. So you talk yes. about
1: food in nascar and food near tracks i'm that's a whole you know there's another article for us
2: he yes, is. well, and, and the hot dogs at Martinsville are phenomenal. I mean you hear about them, and they yes. really are good. They're like two bucks. And remember and, when they changed but them? It's, it's terrific. They there changed them from Jesse uproar.
3: Jones to whatever they were, didn't? and they're red. Yep,
2: and they're and they're and they, phenomenal. They've gone back. They to They really them. are good. Um, but yeah, well, that's a whole. Not- we could do a whole other show on just yep. eating. That's one of the things that we wanted to bring when we decided to do this. Like little things that most people wouldn't know if you're going to a race. That that sort of twist on it. And uh, we finally got that in on the 11th episode. We did. It only took so, a while. <laughs> well, when we come out to Tulsa to the Chili Bowl, you're going to have to show us around.
1: I, and I, I learned a bunch of tricks that nobody explained to me the hard way during that trip. And I will take you for some, you beer drinkers? It
2: can, can be.
1: The- we'll find a place for a good beverage and stories. And um, there's some little tricks about Chili Bowl that you'll save a lot of money by doing so i definitely okay, we'd want to that. share that with you okay. guys yes share that with you guys and uh be great hanging out and get you introduced and um get your show known i love yeah, this that, we'd appreciate that
2: that's awesome well we, yeah we, that would mean a lot to us and if there's anything we could you know ever do to help to help you um and we've we have really enjoyed talking to you dr studwell it's been it's been a real pleasure for us and i hope i hope that you've enjoyed it and i hope that you'll come back and Talk to us again, like absolutely.
1: My gosh, I, I appreciate the uh, invite, and we've talked about this for so long, and I'm glad we, yeah, you know, we we're going to do it. We had a choice to do it last week, but I think talking about chili bowl and those experiences and uh, sharing them with your listeners, I think it's been perfect timing, and it's been a great uh, being on with y'all. I appreciate the invite, and uh, whenever you want to have me back, we'll just set it up. Give me like a couple hours notice, and we'll be good. <laughs>
2: okay that sounds, good. sounds good that that sounds awesome and um so we're gonna uh close up our interview with dr aaron studwell of race weather and your your website is RaceWeather dot not.com raceweather.net yes yep somebody and, else um,
0: took it and you, he he offered you to sell it for like three grand or something and you said that's something right. yeah just get dot net <laughs> that's no
2: problem yeah. And then, yeah, uh, of course, your Twitter great. feed is at, at raceweather, and um, and then you and uh, uh, Brian Newdorf do some work together through the – is it the Patreon, uh, the, the website it, you guys have together? Is-
1: Patreon.com slash race underscore W-X-M-A-N.
0: Okay. And if you – just because I was doing some stuff last night for the listeners, if you just Google Patreon and Aaron Studwell, that will come up. Yep. It is the oh. number
2: one thing on Google right now that we're looking at trending so it's hot oh that's twitter oh, sorry. <laughs> well
1: that's just the last name yeah.
2: that's
3: just and and name. give us the <laughs> yeah <laughs> we won't go that's there. another
2: show yeah. that's a whole nother yeah. show
3: <laughs> for for anybody interested out there give us the exo consulting social media and website information
1: uh it's exoconsulting.net and it's at exoconsulting on twitter and on facebook and then exoconsult on instagram and having stevie on board um, uh, when I first interviewed her, her first words on top of the notepad she had was Instagram in all capital letters. So she gets it where uh, this old guy does not.
0: We've talked about Instagram, too, and the three of us don't understand it, which is dating us a little bit. Yes,
2: but we'll figure it out. maybe, maybe yeah. with maybe with the help of Exo consulting we'll figure <laughs> it out. we can, you know <laughs> but, what?
1: we we have all kind we have all kinds of services. Now, we're getting come on, we're getting into sponsoring races on uh, the eraser platform so we're we're branching out but staying in the sport
2: you betcha, that's great that's well great. we wish you nothing uh but the best and um you know you get we we enjoy listening to you and we'll be definitely tuning in on on race days to get your forecast and we won't give you a bunch of heck about it if you get it wrong because uh <laughs> but you, but but you guys uh you and brian get it right most of the time so we we appreciate the time an effort that you guys put into it, and uh, I, it would be awesome if we could have you guys on together. That would be crazy.
1: Oh uh, yeah, we had actually talked about that, and I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, that'd be good. a lot of fun. Let's, that would be let's fun. do it. Let's let's, let's make it. it happen. So, Perfect. well, we
2: will let you go. You have given us a a lot of time, and we
3: appreciate it. And we will, uh,
2: uh, Travis. Anything else, buddy?
3: No, just uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully, we have a good season. Hopefully, the weather's good. Uh, I know you can't control that, despite what some people say, what? but. Um, <laughs> You know, just, uh, I'm just ready for the season to start. Absolutely.
1: Oh, that's a hundred percent with you there. Andrew? Oh.
3: No, nothing
0: else. Thanks. Uh, thanks Aaron for joining us. Really appreciate yep. it. Love all the work you do. And, uh, it's kind of neat to, to finally talk to somebody that you followed their Twitter for two, two years or so. And now that now you get to actually put, uh, put the voice with the. With everything else. Hey, that's we, been great. we know that guy. We know That's, that's right. Yeah. We've met him. <laughs> we know somebody famous. So, yep. know someone, that's right. And we that's know
1: right. that Studwall guy, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All
3: right. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks for Take joining us, and uh, good luck this year All and right. everything.
1: Thanks
2: so much. Talk soon.
3: All yes,
1: here,
2: sir. Guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope that you enjoy that as much as we did. Uh, that is a cool guy. Dr. Aaron Studwell joining us tonight on Blind spotting, and uh, we covered. I mean, all, we were all over the map, but we had a great time, and I think I think Aaron did too. Uh, so we really appreciate uh, his time with us tonight. Next week, next Tuesday, January the twenty sixth, we have Rodney Childers. That's right that that guy, that Rodney Childers, crew chief uh, for Kevin Harvick, the number four Stuart Haas Ford Mustang. Rodney will be joining us next Tuesday. Obviously, very excited about that. On February the 2nd, former Cup driver Jerry Nadeau will be joining us. He's going to actually come in person and be in studio with us. So we are very tweaked up about that, about having Jerry in studio with us. On 2 9, we've got Scott Kazura, uh, former crew chief in the Xfinity and the Truck Series. On February the 16th, we have Tony Gibson, uh, the production manager, uh, over, oversees a lot over at Stuart Haas. And then the final February. Uh, date, uh, is the 23rd. So the 23rd of February, we are going to have Eddie DeHunt. Eddie DeHunt, if you don't know who that is, and most of you probably do, is the spotter for Chase Elliott. So we are going to have Eddie on with us. So that's going to be a good conversation. Probably tons of stories that Eddie is going to share. So we've got an exciting lineup. I hope that you're as excited about it as we are. Uh, once again, you can follow us on Twitter, NASCAR at Blindspot, Facebook at BlindspottingNASCAR, and you can always email us, BlindspottingPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, thank you to Adam Peter Shin for our opening intro music at AP Shin Music. And uh, again, thank you, Aaron Studwell, Dr. Aaron Studwell at RaceWeather on Twitter, uh, one of the fine, fine, NASCAR meteorologist that we follow each and every week as we are preparing to either go to a race or watch a race. So, thank you, Dr. Studwell, for joining us, and we will see you next time on Blind Spotting.
3: My watch back to it
4: Living on